Welcome to It's About Him Ministries with Denise Robinson. It is my desire that you would be encouraged and inspired by this broadcast and that you would trust Jesus no matter what and believe him for the impossible. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise your name, Lord. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just lift you up this day, dear God. Lord, I just pray that every ear, every ear is sensitive, dear Heavenly Father, to your Holy Spirit, what your spirit would say to them, each and every one in this place, dear God. Lord, I decrease that you increase, dear God. Have your way, dear God. Lord, I pray that your power would go forth, dear God. Your anointing would go forth, dear God. Lord, we thank you that every need in this house is met, Lord. In your Holy Son, Jesus' name we pray. Have your way, Lord. Have your way in Jesus' name. You can be seated. Praise God. Thank the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank God. Hallelujah. I give God honor who's the head of my life. Praise God. Um, I thank God for my husband. That's my honey. Hallelujah. Praise God. Jerome, you're a good man. You're a wonderful husband and you're a great father. And I thank God for you. And I give honor to our pastor who's allowing me to be able to have this opportunity to come before you. And I don't take this lightly, praise God. Um, what better subject, hallelujah, to talk about than the Holy Spirit. Praise God, hallelujah. And um, you all just pray for me because I don't know how we're going to do this worksheet here, but all is well. Thank the Lord. Uh, but before we get into the lesson here, I just want to share that when I'm talking about the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, I'm using them interchangeably. Um, when you go to the original Hebrew and Greek, uh, both words are defined as ghost or spirit when it's talking about the Holy Spirit. And um, you'll find that in King James Version, they use the word 90 times Holy Ghost. And, and as far as Holy Spirit, it's only used seven times. And the only thing I can think of, I mean, there's no right or wrong reason why they use Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. But during the time, like in the, uh, 1611, when the Bible was translated, back then when defining um, the Holy Ghost or having an image of that, they looked at um, as a ghost being an immaterial being. So it wasn't like what we see now, you know, when we think of ghosts, we think of a deceased person, something spooky and demonic and things like that. It was not like that when the original translators uh, translated it. And so with that in mind, um, think about it. How else can you describe the Holy Ghost? You can't see him and that's what i want to say uh going to the first part that the holy spirit or the holy ghost is a person and not a thing if you hear me by mistake say thing or it or anything like that, you shout back out to me person in the name of jesus praise god because i never want to belittle him because he is the third person of the trinity or the third person of the godhead and when we say that, we're not talking about a three-headed monster, 
okay? It's, it's, it's God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and they're all operating and functioning in their own entity. Praise God, but they're as one. Praise God. And so um, I just want to let you know today that the Holy Spirit, not only is he a person, but he has feelings. He's concerned about you. He's concerned about what you're going through in life. And you might say, well, how do I know he has feelings? Well, we're going to look and see. I want you to go to, uh, go to Isaiah 63.10. And we're going to read that together here. It says, but they rebelled and vexed his Holy Spirit. Therefore, he was turned to be their enemy and he fought against them. Okay, so here it was just talking about the people. They rebelled against God. They rebelled against God's will, his spirit. And so it became vexed. That means you're hurt here. I mean, it's a powerful word for just anger. Just, it just hurts you so because you desire so much more for your people. And so for him to be vexed because they turned against him, they rebelled against him. They weren't obeying him. And also, if you look at Ephesians 4.30, if you would turn there for me. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. So that lets us know that the Holy Spirit, he has feelings because he can be grieved, upset, sad disappointed to know that here you're not taking him at his word or you're not obeying him or following him. He's grieved when you do things that you know you ought not to do. Praise God. You know, the Holy Spirit, he's concerned about us. He's, he's concerned about every aspect of our lives. And you will see that in John 3, 2. He's concerned about our spirit, man, our body, our physical, our emotions, every aspect of our lives. And if you look at 3 John 2, it says, Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health even as thy soul prosper, soul, your mind, your will and emotions. God wants every being. The Holy Spirit wants every being of your life to prosper and be blessed. Praise God. You know, I remember growing up, I, um, I gave my life to the Lord when I was nine years old. And um, at that time, I was in a Baptist church. And the church I went to, they didn't teach about the Holy Ghost or being baptized in the Holy Ghost. And all I knew, I just wanted to be saved because I knew if I be saved, then I'm part of God's family. Praise God. But when I was 16 years old, I went to a traditional, very traditional Church of God of Christ church. There they taught about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Now, this church, I said, was very traditional. That means it was a lot of man-made traditions 
as well as the Word of God. And sometimes they took the man-made traditions and made you think it was the Word of God. But anyway, I remember um, we can wear earrings, we can wear makeup. However, one of the missionaries told me, I said, um, now, I always was inquisitive about different things. I don't tend to just take what you say just because you say it. And uh, I noticed Gloria Copeland on television back then wore makeup. And I sense in my spirit, she was a woman of God, operating and um, functioning in the things of God. And I asked this one missionary, I said, uh, you said, I can't have the Holy Ghost. I can't be saved if I'm wearing makeup. I said, well, I see uh, Gloria Copeland wearing makeup. Oh, white people wear makeup, but black people can't. I am not lying. No offense to my Caucasian brothers and sisters. Hallelujah. But I was like, you know, that just don't, don't sound right. You know, either it's right or either it's wrong. For everybody, not just for certain people, you know. And then the same denomination, same church, they taught, you know, if you wear pants, if you're a female, you was a sin. But the one mother of the church was able to get around that. If you did garden work in your yard, you can wear pants. So, you know, I'm 16 years old. So I'm thinking... Exactly. I'm thinking now, okay, I can't wear earrings, can't wear makeup because I'm not white. Um, I can wear pants only if I'm doing garden work in my, in my yard, but otherwise I got to wear dresses. And I mean, it goes on and on and on. And then, you know, I couldn't play sport. I mean, it was just sad. But anyway, I got in the word for myself. And even though at the age 16, I was looking at my leaders and the people who I was around at that time. And so the Holy Spirit, and I'll put it like that, I was led personally for 10 years not to wear pants. And I'm not saying pants is a sin or anything like that because you see me in pants and you know, but the scripture that came to my mind and the same scripture that they taught at that time in Deuteronomy about not wearing anything pertaining to a man and, you know, blah, blah, blah. So for that sake, I don't wear men's clothes to this day. You know, some people wear them, that's fine, but I don't, my conviction. But anyway, what I'm trying to say, when I was 16, for those 10 years thereafter, so till 20, age 26, I wore dresses every single day. When I met Jerome, I met uh, dresses and he was like, Wow, hey, I know he was wondering how was she looking a pair of jeans because he didn't know, you know, because I was, I mean, we went to basketball game, wherever we went, I had on the dress. I could go horseback, ride, whatever I had on the dress. It could be cold, you know, zero degrees. I had on the dress and my leggings, you know, uh, or high boots or something, but I had on the dress. But one thing, like I said, I was led to wear the dress, even though the mother could wear the pants when she was gardening. <laughs> I couldn't for those 10 years. And when I was at college, that was my college years. 
And God, I know why he allowed me not to wear pants during that time because so many people came up to me and they noticed me, especially in Michigan in the winter and it's cold and you out there in a dress going to school, to campus and you walking. They thought I was crazy, you know? But when they talked to me, I had an opportunity to witness where there was no other way that I would have been bold enough to open my mouth on my own to say, do you know Jesus? Unless they had stopped me first and said, why are you waiting? Aren't you cold or whatever? And then I'll say, this is how I'm being led. And so God used that in a good way. But anyway, I was saying all that to say that God is concerned about us as a person, as you, as a person. And he's concerned about every aspect of you. And if you have the uh, fill in the blanks here, hopefully you filled in that God is a person and not a thing. He's real. Even though you don't see him, you can see the after effects. You can see the results of his presence. It's just like a tree. You have leaves on the tree and then all of a sudden you, you, you feel the wind and all of a sudden what? The leaves are on the ground. That's how the Holy Spirit is. You might not see us like the wind. You don't always, you're not able to see him, but guess what? He's right there and he's everywhere. Like two weeks ago, pastor said he's omnipresent, omnipotent, and omniscient. You got it. All knowing, all powerful, all present. Praise God. So he's everywhere at every time. Okay, let's look at um, God did not leave us, number one. It says God did not leave us comfortless. Uh, John 14, 18. If we can see that, that God left his Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is our comforter. It says, I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. John 14, 18. Now, when Jesus was on the scene with the disciples, those three years of his ministry, the disciples, they didn't need a comforter because they had him. They had Jesus in the form of a man physically with them all the time. So when Jesus, he told them, he said, I'm going to have to, I'm going to leave. And then I will bring, I will allow the comforter to come on the scene. The comforter couldn't come on the scene while Jesus was there. And so the comforter came afterwards and to give comfort, to console, to allow peace. And so it says here that God did not leave us comfortless. God left us his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is our comforter, according to John 14, 26. It says the comforter gives us peace and consolation. So we don't have to be afraid. John 14, 27. And if you go to 2 Timothy 1 and 7, it says, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Praise God. And so when we know this, we don't have to be afraid. Sometimes we're home and we just don't have any peace. And God said, peace. Be still. 
He's right there. And he just wants us to take in who he is. Yes, we might not see him, but he's right there. And he loves each and every one of us. Praise God. And so it says the Holy Spirit, he lives inside of us. And, you know, pastor, uh, you taught us also that the Holy Spirit can be upon us, but he would never leave us nor forsake us. According to Hebrews 13, five, the comforter I'm on C for those that are following with the sheets, the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the father will send in Jesus name will teach us all things to our remembrance and bring all things to our remembrance. He will teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance. You know how sometimes you can forget about something and the Holy Spirit, he can check and, and put that back in you and like, oh, wow, yeah. You might not even been thinking about it. And all of a sudden out of the blue is he might, wow, he might, thank you, Lord, thank you. He can bring it back to your remembrance. Praise God. And I always tell my children, like when they're studying in school, everything that they study, pray that you have a hundred percent recall, that the Holy Spirit bring it all back to your remembrance. Everything you study, so he can give you that vivid picture so you can remember, okay, on page seven at the top, such and such answer. So God would do that for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Let's go to uh, John 16, 17. It wasn't on my notes, but it says how um, when Jesus um, left, he said that He, the Holy Spirit would come, the Holy Ghost would come. If you all would give me that, that's uh, John 16, 7 through 10. John 16, 7 through 10. Okay, I'll look it up real quick. Oh, okay. It says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away. For if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. So that's why it was so needed that the Holy Ghost come. And not only for that, but the Holy Ghost also comes to convict, to draw us to him. He want us to repent of our sins so that we can become close to God and fulfill the purpose and the will of God in this lifetime. Praise God. And so the Holy Ghost, it was needed that the Holy Ghost come so that he can aid us and teach us and show us things so that the body the body of Christ can be where it's supposed to be. So it's very crucial. Hallelujah. Let's go. Anybody have any questions about part one? Go ahead. See? The comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in Jesus' name, will teach us all things and bring all things to our remembrance. According to John 14, 26, praise the Lord. Uh, number two, it says the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. Uh, you can look at Titus 1 and 2.
It says, Paul, a servant of God. Okay, that's, that's fine. Either That's fine. Okay, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness and hope of eternal life, which God that cannot lie promised before the world began. So God, so here it is, the Holy Spirit, he cannot lie. Praise God. And just like God from the beginning of time ordained this. And it says, um, if you go to even Numbers uh, 23, 19a, and this also talks about too, how God cannot lie or the Holy Ghost or the Holy Spirit cannot lie. So you can count on him. Praise God. So whatever he tells you, you know that he can only tell you what he gets from the father. Praise God, because him and the father are one. So if you go to Numbers 23, 19, it says, God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of a man of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make good? So you can count on it. Whatever he tell you, you can believe it's done. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, praise God. You know, um, you remember I was telling you about the Pentecostal church. Well, back then, you um, tarried for the Holy Ghost. Terry means you wait. And back then, you wait. You waited a long time. Sometimes weeks, you waited. I remember I was tearing. Hallelujah. And they would, um, you know, I'd be in a line and thank you, Jesus. You know, they tell you, say thank you, Jesus. Say it real fast. Say thank you, Jesus. Keep saying thank you, Jesus. And it was hard for me to concentrate because I'm thinking, okay, I'm thanking you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And then my face, say thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. And I'm thinking, okay. And so eventually, I mean, it took, you know, not that service. Then I come back another service the following week and I do the same thing because I'm distracted because I'm thinking, okay, what they telling me and I'm trying to listen to make sure I'm doing it right and closing my eyes. But then I realized what they were saying wasn't wrong. It was just where your faith is at. Hallelujah. Meaning that God is now, God is here. If your heart is open, you repented of your sins, you confess Christ, Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. Guess what? Your spirit is already open. It's already sensitive. All you have to do is open your mouth and receive him with your whole heart, mind, body, and soul. And out of the uttermost part of your belly will come out words and hallelujah praise your name lord we just thank you right now dear god and that thing will start bubbling up and just start coming out fluently and you don't have to meditate or wonder god is this you is this me is this the devil what's going on no it's god praise god because your heart is right before him you want to please him and when he see that he's going to 
fill you. He said, when you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you shall be filled. Praise God. So don't feel like, you know, it's a set way. You have to do it. Praise God. I didn't even get filled at church. I went back one Sunday, went back Tuesday because they had Tuesday Bible band. Then I went back the other Sunday, Sunday night at YPWW, Young Women, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. And I still didn't get filled. Praise God. But guess what? One day I was, hallelujah, praise the Lord. I want to tell you this because I believe somebody in here, you allow the traditions of man to interfere or to hinder you with your walk with God. God is right here. He's not about all the do's and all the don'ts and can'ts and won'ts and all that stuff. He just wants you just as you are. He just know, He just wants you to know that he's Abba Father, the beginning and the end, praise God. And he just wants you to come with all your heart, mind, soul, and body to him. And he will not turn you away. Praise God. So when you come with an open heart and ready to receive, he's right there. He's ready to fill you right up. Praise God. So when I was there, again, I didn't get filled at church. I kept coming and coming and coming. And it could have been me. You know, my mind was maybe, you know, I don't know. But anyway, so anyway, I did not get filled there. But something happened. My aunt, she got baptized with the Holy Ghost August 1st, 1980. And, uh, I remember she uh, she was in the shop working for General Motors, and um, she just started speaking in tongues and different things. Anyway, the Lord led her, you know, to quit the job, what have you. But that following Saturday, what day? Saturday, hallelujah. That following Saturday, she, uh, she called all the relatives. And um, at this time, I have a really large extended um, set of relatives, extended relatives. I have 50 first cousins, literally, no joke, 50. And um, so every week when I was um, 16 on to the time I married Jerome, we would have weekly family Bible studies of my grandmother's house. My grandmother had 14 kids. And, um, and, we had all different denominations. We had Jehovah Witness. We had Baha'i Faith, Methodist, Baptist, Church of God in Christ, um, Apostolic, and all at our Bible study, Friday Bible study. And you probably wonder, how in the world do we do this? But I think because family, we was family, that helped. But then over a period of years, you know, some people start bringing their own Bible, you know, and their own other stuff. And so we eventually dismantled. But in the meantime, my aunt, so we had this, you know, audience of people. Like I said, Friday, we generally have Bible study. So we always come together, you know, with spiritual things and talk about stuff. So anyway, she called and said, I want to have a family meeting. I want everybody to come to Dia's house. That's my grandmother's name, Dia. She said, come to Dia's house and we're going to, I got something I got to share you, share with you. So my cousins, aunts, uncles, you know, we all come wondering what happened, you know, what's going on. So she began to share with us of her experience the day before Friday night at work. 
how the Holy Spirit, he filled her to the utmost. And she began to speak in tongues that she never knew or known and how God just made a difference in her life. And so we were all excited. And, you know, some of us, you know, because like I said, I have some Jehovah Witness in the family and they just looking like, you know, she lost it. And so anyway, uh, so all of a sudden, um, she, my aunt, she said, uh, let's go next door. Cause the lady who lived next door was sick and she was in a um, wheelchair. So I went following her now I'm 16. So I went following her and, you know, maybe about 15 or so of the relatives, cousins or what have you went over there. And so while my aunt was um, praying, she was praying and she began to uh, motion over to the, um, the lady who's in the wheelchair. And so I sat down in the seat next door and I was in agreement with her prayer. And then all of a sudden, hallelujah, all of a sudden, hallelujah, I started speaking in tongues. And that tongue that I spoke that day, I've never spoken it since. It was a ta 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 do I mean, it was a song. It was beautiful. And it just came from the belly. I mean, it just came out like spring and living water. It just came out and it, it must have been at least five minutes. And it just and it was a silence in the room. It was the glory of God in the room. Hallelujah. And that lady did get up out of her wheelchair. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, the glory of the God filled that place. And and again, I wasn't saying, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I wasn't saying that. When I was filled, I was about doing the father's business. Praise God. I wasn't thinking about me. I was praying for somebody else, praise God, who was in a wheelchair confined, praise God. That's when my heart turned to God and his spirit filled me to the utmost, praise God. So when you get your eyes off yourself, hallelujah, and start being about the father's business, praise God. He will do mighty exploits in your life. He will he can raise the dead. You can put hands on the blind and they can see. I'm telling you, you can set the captives free. Praise God. So when I got out from myself and I started praying and it, I mean, just and, and all of a sudden the tongues and it just went and went. And this is a funny thing. I remember so vividly. When I stopped. I saw one of my cousins and she was looking like this. She was a Jehovah Witness. But anyway, she looked. She didn't have to say anything. God already gave me what she was thinking and everything. That evening, I went bowling with her. And the first thing she said, you know, um, what you did today, that's not of today. She said, you know, that's not God. I said, look, I said, I don't know what I said, but I could tell you this. It was definitely the Holy Ghost. It was definitely God Almighty. I don't know what I said, but I tell you what, he knows. And I was talking directly to him. Hallelujah. Praise God about the situation that was going on. And I said, this thing is not of God. And I told her, I said, you be careful because I said, if you don't understand it, 
Don't put your mouth against it because that's one sin that's unforgiven. And that's the blaspheme of the Holy Ghost. So if you don't understand, you pray for me. Praise God. Because she was trying to say people did that of old and people don't speak in tongues right now. And I was like, Satan, you are a liar. You know, not saying my cousin was a, a Satan, but, you know, I'm just saying, you know, the devil is a lie. Because I knew everything. I mean, the trees look different. My hand, sincerely, I had a new look, a new look upon life. I mean, it was just a glorious thing. And I'm just thinking, and God just prepared my heart because he prepared me before I even went bowling to let me know what I was going to encounter before I got there. So I had scriptures already lined up for her, praise God. So when she starts saying, well, you know, Paul said it's better to speak, you know, five words, whatever, than 10,000 words and tongues. I said, well, you know what? Yes, he did say that. And then she said something about, uh, what do you say? I said, well, you know, there's an unknown tongue. And that's what I was speaking, unknown. Okay, <laughs> you know, because she was trying to get into interpretation, and all that stuff. And I'm thinking it doesn't matter. You don't believe in that either. So anyway, but what I'm saying is that God will do the miraculous if you let him praise God. I'm trying to move on here. But anyway, um, but God is good. And, 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 and that's the thing. I've seen people receive the Holy Spirit. And, um, and they, you know, get utterance or what have you. And then, um, and God has really dealt with their spirit and they have really been fit, filled. But because the, it didn't come a certain way, enemy play with their head and make them think, am I really saved? God, was that really you? Did I just say some words and it just came out slurry or, or kind of rubbish or whatever that I, I kind of thought that was a tongue. Maybe that wasn't you. God will let you know. Like I said, if your heart is pure before him, he would define that thing. He would will, he will let it be more clear to you. And so don't allow the enemy to play with your head. Praise God. Because remember, it's about a heart thing. This is a heart thing. And God is doing this. You're not doing this. You're not that smart to do it. Praise God. Hallelujah. And see, that's the thing. We, we sometimes we get so educated and trying to figure everything out. And God said the it's, what do you say? The, um, the confound, the wise, the, yeah. Praise God, the foolish things, the foolish things. And this is foolishness to the world. Praise God. But they don't know this is life and life ever, everlasting. I mean, when you're filled and we're going to talk, it's more than just the tongues. Hallelujah. That's one thing, but we're going to talk. It's more than that. This is about God giving you divine intervention, protecting you, safety, I mean, all kinds of things. Hallelujah. I'm just going all ahead of my notes. But anyway, um, we're on where we're th we're on. We're finished too. Oh, OK, the Holy Spirit is the spirit of truth. And then we said he testifies of Jesus. So when you're speaking, it's not anything contrary to the word of God. It's not out of order. It's God's will. God, the Holy Spirit is everything that he tells you and comes out of your mouth. It should represent the word of God, the Bible, the B-I-B-L-E. It's not you. Praise God. And so it is true. 
It testifies of Jesus himself. So when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard. Meaning the Holy, that's why it's so unique. And that's why it's so mind boggling to the world about God, the Holy Spirit of Jesus. When Jesus was here on earth, he did nothing of himself. He always consent with the father. He said what the father said. And now you have the Holy Spirit. He's saying the same thing. He's giving you truth, but he's not going to tell you anything that didn't line up with what God the Father said. So he's, he's a testimony of Jesus Christ himself. He's a reflection of Jesus himself. And so you don't have to wonder what you're saying, if this is of God or this is of the devil. You're, you're coming before him pure. You're asking out of innocence. You're saying, Lord, fill me. God is not going to fill you with some negative mess. You're not going to be cursing and profanity coming out of your mouth. You know what I'm saying? You know, it's just like a natural father. You're not going to give your child poison when they're asking for food. You're going to feed them with the things that's nourishing to their bodies. And that's the same thing for us. So we can have faith and assurance that what we're saying is coming from God. So don't allow the enemy to attack you or make you think, oh, you know, is this the devil? No, it's not the devil. Praise God. That just made me think of one other thing real quick. And okay, I got time. Um, I came from a very, very dysfunctional home. Hallelujah. And um, I'm just giving you one example. But anyway, my dad, he, uh, he worked in the shop. He was a workaholic. He, um, he worked all the time, and um, and I love my daddy. I'm sure he's going to hear this tape. But anyway, I love him so much, and um, and I'm the only daughter, and so, you know, he spoils me and calls me Cinderella. And I used to thought that was a good thing until I watched the cartoon, <laughs> the show. Cinderella worked. She was a slave. <laughs> you know, all that cinder in her head. That's why they call it Cinderella, clean up the fireplace and everything. But anyway. But anyway, when he says it's sweet, Cinderella. But uh, one day he was working, and this was a Sunday, and my mother and my two younger brothers, we, um, we went to church. And um, while I was at church, the Lord gave me a specific word from my father. And my father's name, Jerome. And this is a side note, but I told my dad I would never, ever, ever name my child Jerome. And he laughed because he said, yeah, now you marry one. And my son's middle name is Jerome. But anyway, um, we were at church and I remember the Holy Spirit came upon me mightily. And in the tongues, um, he called out my dad's name. And uh, he said, Jerome, change your wicked ways. Jerome, change your wicked ways. And it was audible. I mean, it came out. I mean, it was in tongues. And then in English, it came out. And I wrote it down. My dad was not at church. So I knew who else have to tell my dad? Me. So, <clears throat> so anyway, um, this particular day, Sunday after church, my dad called 
and said that uh, he didn't have, um, no, no, what happened? My mom, she locked the door, the screen door to our house. And all of us had keys. I had keys, but somehow we didn't have the screen door to the, the door. So we had to go to the shop where my dad worked and get him off the line. He was a tool and die maker. And uh, he came out and uh, he gave us the key. And then, now I'll remind you, I'm a teenager and I'm 16. And everything happened 16. But at 16, I gave him this note and I bought it up and I gave it to him. And I said, Daddy, I said, uh, just read that later. Because I didn't want him to read it when I was right there. And so he took it and he read it. He came home. He worked second shift. He came home. It was after 11 o'clock. And um, he said, uh, I was in bed. So the next day, he had talked to him. And he told me, he said, uh, Dunnies, he said, what was that letter about? What was that note about? I said, um, I said, Daddy, I got that at church. I said, I don't know. I don't know what that was about, but I got that at church. And he said, how do you get that at church? And I said, I, I was speaking in tongues, and, and it came out. And he said, this is what he told me. He said, I was talking to a man at work, and he laughed at me. He said, your kids and your wife, they're trying to team up on you. He said, that mess is of the devil. My dad wasn't a Christian. He said, why would the devil tell me to change my wicked way? And, and what my dad told me, he said, Donnie, he said, baby, I was going to do something that was very wicked. And it wasn't going to be good. And he was, and, 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 you know, now I know what it was. But anyway, that letter, that note got a hold of my dad. My dad used to drink a big thing of vodka and orange juice every Saturday to the, to the, to empty him and my uncle. And I'm telling you, that letter convicted him. That was September the 9th, 1984. He received that note. He went to drink liquor. He could not drink it. He, he ended up pouring the vodka in the toilet. No, my daddy, that ain't my daddy. He would give it away. He would, he would, he would do something, but he ain't going to throw no vodka away. You know what I'm saying? But he threw, he poured down in the toilet. My dad was an alcoholic, even though he went to work every single day. He wasn't, you know, one of these sloppy drunks, but when you're addicted, when you have to have something every week, it has a hold of you. But anyway, he couldn't drink. Then he had pornography, had movies, stag movies. He couldn't watch them anymore. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost was working on the inside of him. Praise God. And he had to get him out the house. He couldn't even have him in the house anymore. He got convicted. The Holy Ghost started cleaning the house. Hallelujah. Because of the words of life. Praise God. I had no clue what was in my dad's head. I had no clue what was in his mind, what he was going to do. He just told me, baby, it was evil. After that, he gave his life 
to the Lord. His birthday was September 25th, I think September 30th. He got clean with God. Started going to church. My daddy was the type of man who went to church on Easter and Christmas. And he probably missed Easter and just made it once. But anyway, twice a year, if that. This man, hallelujah, a changed man, glory be to God. He gave his life to the Lord. He cleaned up house. He haven't had a drink since 1984. Praise God. Hallelujah. He has, he, he joined the church. He became a deacon. He was counting the money. He read Malachi 3. I mean, the man is faithful. He was going to church even when my mama didn't go to church. He was going to church every Sunday. Every week, every time the door was open and he didn't have to go to work, he was at church. Praise God. So I'm telling you, don't underestimate the power of God. You don't know how God want to use you. You think, oh, God, it's more like I said, it's more than a tongue. It's a lifestyle. God wants your life. He wants to know that he is all that you need. He will feel everything you are in need of. It doesn't matter how small or large. He's concerned about every aspect of you. Remember what I said? He's concerned about your body. He wants your body healed and whole. He wants your mind healed and whole. He wants your finances healed and whole. He wants every aspect of your life whole. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit will lead and guide us to all truth. That's three. Hallelujah. And if you look at Luke 12, 12. Hallelujah. For the Holy Ghost shall, shall teach you in the same hour what you ought to say. Praise God. Hallelujah. When my dad was asking me those questions, I didn't know what's in the heart of him. But God knew. And that's all that mattered. And I'm glad God didn't give me all the details on that. Because I didn't want to know. I didn't need to know. You know. But God knew. And my dad knew. And he knew that this thing is real. That the Holy Ghost is real. It's not a toy. It's life. And he knew that it kept him from making a major, major mistake. They could have caused his marriage and possibly his life. And so that's why we need the Holy Spirit. He's more than just, just speaking in tongues and doing this. He wants to protect us. He wants to show us some things. He wants us, he wants us to come up to another level in him. And we can't do that by being ignorant and not getting in his presence. Praise God. Praise God. Anybody have any questions? Any Anything? Okay. Four. The Holy Spirit is a gift and he comes with gifts. There are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. And that's according to 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 11. There are differences of ministries but the same Lord. Let us uh, talk real quickly about these uh, different gifts. Okay, well, let me, okay, let me finish that. It says in the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities. 
there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works in, who works all in all. And that's according to 1 Corinthians 12, 28. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. So here what God is saying is that he allowed his Holy Spirit to come on the scene with gifts. You know how when you have a gift, you just receive it. And generally, and supposed, supposed to be, Gifts are without repentance, meaning that you don't have to do anything to earn a gift. A gift you just receive. It's no strings attached. It's no, you know, if you do this, I do this. It's, it's free. It's just, you just receive it. And that's how the Holy Spirit is. God left the Holy Spirit so we could just receive him as our gift. And with the gift, you cherish it. You, you you know, it, it makes you feel good. It's something about a gift, you know, a special. Praise God. And so here the Holy Ghost is equipped not only to be a gift for you, but he's equipping you with gifts. Hallelujah. That's from the Father, from on high. And so we're going to go through, um, look at these gifts, what God is, has in store for you. And these gifts all are operated by the same spirit. Spirit of God, Jesus, Spirit of our Lord, all the same Spirit. And, um, and here, the first one is the Word of Wisdom. Word of Wisdom. And you know, that's an awesome gift. Because wisdom is knowing what to do, how to do, and when to do it. And a lot of us don't have wisdom. We have knowledge, but we don't have wisdom. And it's wonderful when you can operate in the God kind of wisdom that surpass the laws of this earth, the laws of man. When you can hear supernaturally the things of God, oh my goodness, hallelujah. Who, my God. I was in prayer in May. I gave God a real scenario that I was dealing with. And I didn't like this scenario. I was asking God, and I, I gave him a question, and God gave me an answer. It was as if I was talking to Jerome. And in all my years of 40-plus years of walking with God, I had never had that communication where I would pray, I would say something, and he would answer me back. I would say something. He would answer me back. Some of y'all smiling, but that was the most scariest thing for me because I didn't like what he said. What he said, hallelujah. I asked God a specific question because my heart is for God's people. And I'm tired of just living check by check and this and this and this and this and this and I have some big dreams and I have some big 
goals and admirations, and I put a figure out there. We're talking mega millions, okay? I put a figure out there, and I said, God, you the God of Almighty. You know everything. The secret things you will reveal to your people, the righteous. There's nothing should go unnoticed or hidden or, or catch us by surprise when we're in tune with the Holy Spirit. And I said, God, help me, because I don't know. I've been doing a lot of things in my own strength, power, might. But I don't know, dear God. You're going to have to help me and show me. So I was sincere, and I thought I was mature enough to handle the answer. But I wasn't. I had to, I have to admit, I wasn't. So God, I gave him the question. He gave me the answer. And he said, radio and television. That was the answer to my question. Then I said, how long, God? Five years. Then I wanted to ask some more, but I was stuck at radio and television. I could not comprehend that because that was far beyond anything I had ever asked or thought. You hear me? I can act. I've done that. I did screen stuff on the screen and films and plays. That's different. But this wasn't about acting. This was about ministry. And I said, oh God, you're going to have to help me. He said, I'll prepare you. I mean, he was just talking back as soon as I got it out. He was soon. And then I just clammed up. It was like, God, just, just shh. It was like, it was like, I'm trying to dissect this. I'm trying to, I'm trying to comprehend this because this is out of my comfort zone. Before I got married to Jerome, he, before he, he proposed to me in 87, 86, 86 the first time. Yeah, 86. And I answered in 87. A year later, but but anyway, I mean, I saw so much dysfunction in my home. I had to make sure it was God, you know. I could just say okay. So, but anyway, he um, when I got really serious about God, is this the one you want me to marry? And he told me that through tongues, also, Hallelujah. And then also, he showed me a vision, and I cried my head out because at the time. I wasn't ready to get married. He showed me a vision of me and Jerome and I. And I'm like, it was like a heart shape. And I just cried. Boo-hoo. I'm like, no, 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 no. I don't want to get married. No, 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 no. And then at the same time, and at the same time, and God, I got a good husband. That's the thing about it. You know, God, was, sometimes you don't know what's good for you. You think you know and you don't know. Praise the Lord. You're praying for something, and that's not what God wants for you. You think it's going to make you happy. That's not going to make you happy. What's going to make you happy, you want to get tuned into him and let him tell you, because he knows all the desires of your heart. And matter of fact, it is so interesting, because when we say, God, he will give you all the desires of your heart, it's his desires that he's put in your heart. Hallelujah. That you're going after. Praise God. But anyway, I was boohooing because I was messing around with some knucklehead. And I wasn't, and I wasn't ready. And I wasn't ready. I mean, 
knucklehead big time. And I wasn't ready. And I'm um, praying him out of jail and um, all kinds of mess. He beat up his mama. I mean, that kind of, you know, that kind of mess. Just totally, you know. And God was looking out for me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But that same time when he showed me the vision concerning Jerome, Mary and Jerome, and that was on January 30th, 1987. When he told me that, he also told me that I would minister and preach the gospel. And I cried again because at my traditional Pentecostal Church of God in Christ, women did not preach. You could be a missionary. You could be a mother's guild or whatever that was. But you did not preach and dare not preach among men unless it was Sunday school quarterly. That was the only time. Dare not get behind the pulpit. Oh, that's blasphemy. You better get behind some little shelf or some little desk. But you could not get behind there. So, again... I wasn't 16. By this time, I'm 20s. In my 20, 23, 24, 22, 23. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. God wants me to marry Jerome. God wants me to preach. Ah! I wasn't ready. I wasn't ready. But God doesn't need us to be ready. He just wants a willing heart. He just wants a willing heart. He will prepare and make us ready. Praise God. And so years later, years later, now God is saying, I, you haven't totally fulfilled my will. You asking for stuff. You want stuff to happen in your life and you doing it your way. And it's not happening because you're not doing it my way. I told you years ago what I wanted you to do. I'm giving you another opportunity. You don't have to do it. But guess what? You're going to be living the same way. Each and every day, the same way, and still wonder, oh, God, what's going on? So, when he told me, radio and television, I was like, oh, my. So, ladies and gentlemen, I would be on radio. 1500 a.m., Saturday afternoon. Let me get the right time now. 1.45 to 2. Starting November 21st. And I'm telling you right now. That's not me. That's God. Because I didn't want to do it. But I asked God a question, and that question, it entails a whole bunch of stuff. Because once God answered that, that's a done deal. Seven million dollars is a drop in the basket. That's a done deal. My family out of debt, that's a done deal. Businesses and houses for the saints, that's a done deal. So God knew that if I was sincere about what I asked him, then I better get sincere about what he's saying. And I said, God, not my will, but your will. 
And I'm telling you, I told you that was back in May, June, July, August. <laughs> Thank God. God is so patient. Holy Ghost is so patient. Praise God. Lord, I thank you. I thank God. I thank God. And some of you right now, you know God is dealing with you on some things. He put some things in your heart. And you think it's you. It's not you. It's the Holy Spirit. He's putting those things in your heart and he just wants you to trust him. He just wants you to give it all to him. He just wants you to say, okay, God, what step? What's the next step? Right? Okay. Right. All right. Left? Okay. Left. How high? How low? He just wants you to obey. When he knows that you're like putty in his hands and you're on that wheel and he can just mold you and shape you to anything he wants you to do. Ha! My God, you could be used by the master. You could change generations. Praise God. Because you're not ordinary anymore. Now you allow the supernatural to kick in and to make a difference in your life. And that's what God wants each and every one of us here. We all have talents and abilities and skills. But God has called you specially for a certain thing that only you can do. Out of 7 billion people in this world, 4 or 5 billion people in this world, only you can do. And God is saying, when are you going to believe me? When are you going to take me at my word? I gave you the Holy Ghost. I gave you everything you need of. When are you going to walk in faith and not by sight? My children, we talk it. But we don't do it. And I was right there. Right there. I said, Lord, help me. I said, God, I'm not going to fear the people. I could care less what they say. Hallelujah. When I'm walking, in, when I'm driving in my Jag, when I'm living in a paid off house. Hallelujah anyhow. Hallelujah anyhow. Praise God. God just wants us to take the box, take the limit off of him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. He gave us the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge. Hallelujah. He gave us faith. And what better example do we have in the house? The man of God, our very own, Pastor G.E. Stutter. Can believe God for a plaza. Can believe God for a jet. Can believe God for a dream home. What is our problem? Right here in Indianapolis. And you telling us you can't believe God for your own business? You can't believe God for your family to be saved? You can't believe God to heal your body? You can't believe God? To set your relatives free from drugs? You can't believe God when you got the Holy Ghost, the mighty one, all power in you to change situations? Praise God. Thank you, Lord. The gifts of healing. Praise God. And I just believe soon and very soon, this place, all these tears going to be full. All these chairs going to be full. 
Because we're going to see the power of God in every service. Every service. Healing, deliverance, people being set free. Because we're coming with a new mindset, a new paradigm. We're not thinking the old way. This is not the old HPC. This is a new day. This is a new day. And we got to come up. God is ready. People are coming in hungry, thirsting. They're ready to work. They're ready to do something. What are we doing? What are we doing? God says, it's time out for church as usual. It's time out. Hallelujah. Working of miracles. That should be a daily occurrence. A daily occurrence. God has given us power on heaven and on earth. We can pray and change situations. Many times I pray and I ask God to send the storm somewhere else. Storms were supposed to hit Carmel, Indiana, Indianapolis, Indiana. And I pray, Lord, change the weather. The weather changed. Snowstorms. One time I was in the car. My kids and I was on our way to HPC. This was an old church. And it was raining. And I just told her, I said, you know what, y'all? I'm going to pray till God stop this rain. Because, you know, flowers are already pretty green. Stop the rain because I didn't want to get wet. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't have an umbrella. You know, <laughs> I, I'm serious. God stopped. I prayed. The rain stopped. And my kids was in awe. They were like, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I've done that on three, four different occasions, from hailstorms to snow to rain. We have authority. We have authority. God wants us to use our authority and stop acting like wimpy Christians. Here the world is bold as ever before, and you know, and sin as sin can be, and they're not ashamed. And here we have the gospel of Christ. We have the good news. We have the life of eternity. And we are muzzled. Afraid we're going to offend somebody. Afraid somebody's feelings going to get hurt. And we have the power of life. Praise God. Hallelujah. Prophecy is the next one. God is so awesome. All I say discerning of spirits so that let you know it's a lot of different kinds of spirits out there you know when the kellys were here and they prophesied over me they one of the things that they said they said i would be able to see demons and i would be able to see angels and that's been my prayer that i would be able to see if there's a demon or if there's angels that i would be aware and know how to pray praise god and God lets us know that there's different spirits and we need to be aware. We need to have a spirit of discerning. We need to know when a witch walks in the house. We need to know that. As a matter of fact, some years ago, on the old side of HPC, I had just joined the church, maybe about two years or so. And... Um, <clears throat> And a uh, person was ministering, and I just didn't have a good feeling. I didn't have a good feeling. And I told Jerome, 
I said, that person is a witch. You're all right. Huh? And I said, that person is a witch. And later it came out that that individual was a witch. I didn't know anything about the person. I didn't know anything. I was new to that congregation. But God will reveal things. He will let you know. He won't have you ignorant. Praise God. Different kinds of tongues. Praise God. We know there's a known tongue. There's an unknown tongue. There's tongues where you remember where they are on the day of Acts. Acts 1-8. They were praying. And all the people around the community thought they were drunk. And they were praying. They were speaking in known tongues of different languages. So... When the Egyptian came, or the Arabian, or Arabian, I guess you say, or when they speak Arabic, they heard their dialect, they heard their language, and they thought these people were drunk. And then they realized it was the power of the Holy Ghost. And so some people have that gift, praise God. And then the interpretation of tongues, praise God. And you know, I, I'm blessed by, uh, Sister Wright, you know, um, she, you know, the atmosphere is filled with the presence of God. And sometimes she would go forth in the spirit of tongues and uh, have the interpretation. I know many times Sister Penny have had um, an elder name in and, and others. And Sister um, Jones, you know, had interpretation of tongues. And that's a gift. And that's and that's a blessing. And um, and God wants to use us. In various different ways. You may never have spoken tongues and had the interpretation. And the Holy Ghost may come upon you for that set time and moment. And maybe that's the only time you ever do it. But that time that you did do it, it was a specific reason and purpose. Praise God. So don't underestimate. Don't say, well, oh, she has that gift and I don't. Or this or this or that. God can use you at any time but you have to be open you have to be sensitive to his presence you that means we can't be looking at watching every little thing to come on tv or hear everything on the radio the tape or whatever we have to be consecrated set apart set aside if we want god to really use us the way we want to be used praise god okay finally um where we at a for a Jesus left the Holy Spirit for us to do miracles. Praise God. And this blessed me so. He said, Acts 3, 6, 9. Okay, here it says um, about the Holy Ghost. But ye receive power after the Holy Ghost is upon you, and ye should be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in Sevilla and Samaria and the uttermost part of the earth. So God don't want us just to keep this to ourselves. He want us to go out. Praise God. You know, um, hallelujah. I was at the bank and this lady was in a van next to me, vehicle next to me. And I was getting ready to go in and I saw that she was crying. And so I stayed in my car and I said, Lord, just leave me, guide me what you want me to do. So she was still in the car. So I went out and I was literally, I was in this car and she was right there. So I just went out and I just went to her, her, her window and she, and she looked and then I said, are you all right? I said, God loves you. She came out, she said, oh, I need it back. And she just hugged me and hugged me. And I said, and I just said a short prayer with her and I just said, 
Lord, I, God bless you. And she just, but you never know. It may be a smile. You know, Sister Rashida always giving hugs. If you need a hug, see her, you know. I'm just telling you, some people have certain gifts and certain talents, you know. So anyway, real quick, because time is running out. Um, okay, this is 4A. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my father. What Jesus is saying is through his Holy Spirit, we can do more works than he did in the three years while he was on earth. We, through the Holy Ghost, that he loved us. What are we doing? Praise God. Hallelujah. We can do that. You might say, huh? Yes, we can do that. Praise God. God wants us to believe him for the impossible. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Finally, the Holy Spirit equips us with authority and power. Deuteronomy's power. Deuteronomy's power to fulfill the will of God in our lives. Praise God. Praise God. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come to you right now, dear Lord. If there's anybody in this house, dear God, who desires to be filled with the Holy Precious Holy Ghost, dear God, let them come up, dear God. We pray right now, dear God, that they will be filled this day, dear God. They don't have to wait any longer. They don't have to tear. Just come with the open heart. Lord, I pray that if, if they want to come, Lord, first, I pray that they ask you to forgive them of all their sins, dear God. If there's anybody here who don't know you and want to have a relationship with you so the Holy Spirit can guide and lead them, dear God. Lord, I just pray that they will come up right now, dear Heavenly Father. If there's anybody here under the sound of my voice who needs this church home, they want a place where they can grow, they can get in the word, they can learn. They can be surrounded by people who will love them. I pray that you will come up. Pray. I trust you are blessed by this broadcast. I would like to hear from you. You can send your praise report or your prayer request to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com. You can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. If you would like to partner with this ministry, you can send your contributions to It's About Him Ministries at gmail.com by way of PayPal, Venmo, or Cash App. Remember, it's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him, Jesus. We've been coming to look at you, but it's about Jesus.